people in the room love hiking. You love to get out in nature with your loved one. You love to take a stroll through the woods. Come on, lift it up. You love hiking. Yeah, okay, so I'm not alone. My husband, Dan, and I, we love hiking. And Tuesday is our day off. And so a couple weeks ago, my husband, Dan, came home and he said, hey, I want to take you on this hike. And uh, I want to spend the day with you. And it's not far. It's just across the road from Eggshaw, which is a big bonus for me because I don't like driving far to see something awesome. So I was like, cool. Okay, what's the hike? And he said, it's called Heart Mountain. And I thought, aw, that sounds like such a romantic hike. So he said... All right, but, but this hike is going to take six hours. I was like, what? Are you serious? Six hours? See, an ideal hike for me, maybe not you, but for me, is a nice, lazy stroll through the woods with high reward, like maybe a waterfall, an overlook, maybe a couple lakes. And round trip, it's going to take like two hours at most. Like, Grassy Lakes is the ideal hike. Anybody with me on that one? Yes. Yeah. So six hours is a little bit over the top. But, you know, I love my husband, and I wanted to spend the day with him, so I said yes. So we pack our backpacks, and we make our way to Heart Mountain. Now, it's called Heart Mountain because the peaks of it make a cute little heart. Isn't that adorable? So... (laughs) And the trail of this hike takes you all the way to the top and around and makes a big loop. So most people say it should take about six hours. So here on the screen is a picture of the the trail. So we started out at 1 p.m. And we didn't get back to our car until 11 p.m. at night. That's 10 hours that my husband took me on a hike when I just wanted to do two. That's all. So the trail has not one, but three peaks. I did not know this. So I thought it was just going to be like this normal climb up to the top and back down. But it was like climbing three different mountains, you guys. So we started out on this hike, and I started thinking about my spiritual walk with God because it required a lot of prayer. So I knew that I was preaching this Sunday about a month ago, and I had something completely different planned. But as we were on this hike, God revealed some things to me, and I just wanted to share them with you today. And as I was hiking, I was thinking about the relationship between the disciples and Jesus. So we're going to start by reading in Matthew chapter 4. If you have your Bible, um, a little bit of backstory of where we're at and where we're picking up in these verses. So Jesus has just been in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights. He's been fasting. And he's gone through temptations. The devil has been tempting him. Now he's come out of the wilderness, and he's starting his three-year ministry. So we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 18, and we're going to pick it up in verse 19. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Now verse 19 says, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And a little further up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them too, and they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. 
So these guys, Andrew and Peter and James and John, these are the very first disciples. Like some of the first people to say yes to Christianity. And what strikes me about these verses is how they were just like, okay, cool, I'll come. And they just leave everything. And so I I started wondering, like, what would make somebody just leave everything, not knowing what their future, not not knowing what holes on the trail ahead? And so I started to do some research and see, in this time period, Jesus was 30 years old. And at this point, he's already a well-known knowledgeable rabbi. I mean, like at 12 years old, he's debating theology in the temple with teachers. So by the time he's 30, he's well known as a rabbi. And in this time period, it would have been really normal for for guys like Peter and Andrew to, to go up to a rabbi and beg them to be this Talmudin. That's another word for apprentice. So it was quite abnormal for a rabbi, Jesus, to walk up to these guys and be like, hey, I want you to follow me. I mean, it would kind of be like today if a guy on Wall Street was like, hey, and he looked at a guy who had a, a little kid who maybe had a hot dog stand on the side of the road, and he's like, hey, I want you to follow me. Leave all this behind. I want you to become my apprentice. It would be like the deal of a lifetime. So these guys left everything. And, and I wonder if in this moment, if Jesus had looked at Peter and he's like, hey, before you follow me, I just want you to know that in three years, I'm going to be crucified. And because you follow me and you're known for following me, you're going to have a really difficult life. And, and it's going to be hard. And then eventually you're going to be taken to Rome and you're going to be crucified just like me. So I want you to know that ahead of time. All right, you still want to follow me? I mean, it's kind of like when Daniel came home, if he had said, hey, hey, babe, I want to take you on this hike. But it's going to take like 10 hours and we're not going to get home tonight until midnight. You want to go? I would have called him crazy and told him no. But these guys said yes. So Heart Mountain, our hike, it has three peaks. And as we were going across them, I found that each one represented an aspect of following Jesus. And when we started out on this hike, at no point did I think it was going to be easy. I mean, these are the pictures that don't make it on Instagram. (laughs) So we're making our way up to the first peak. And by the way, the first peak, is I thought this is the only peak. And I felt like it was kind of like first learning about God. I mean, one of the main components of following Jesus is learning about him and his ways and and knowing about Jesus' life. And and knowing about God comes through lots of different avenues. So I'm going to call this one knowledge, learning about God. And, And it can come in a lot of different avenues. I think we start with reading our Bible. That's where we should always start, opening the scripture, understanding what God's word has for us. But you can also learn about God in other ways, through research, through listening to podcasts and sermons, watching videos, going to Bible studies, reading books, having conversations with other believers. All of those can can give you knowledge about God. But maybe you're with me on this one. When you first open your Bible, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Anybody share that sentiment? It's a little overwhelming. You're like, okay, where do I start? Where do I go? I'm not really sure what I'm reading here and how this all intertwines. And listen, I'm not a great student, and I know that trying to read through ancient culture and learn through parables can be difficult. I'll admit it. You know, there is this moment 
when we were on our hike in the first couple hours, and we found ourselves on some really sketchy terrain. And there was this moment where Daniel looked at me and he said, hey, I, I know this hike is going to take longer than we expected. I think it's going to be a bit harder. Do you want to turn around? How many times do we open up our Bible and then we give up because it's too hard? We give up because no one's there to spoon feed us. No one's there to tell us exactly what it means. And we're too lazy to do our own research, so we just give up. How many times do we open our Bible and we're like, this is too hard? But for the people in the room who've been diving in for a while, you've been leaning in, you didn't give up. I know these people would tell you that there's a point in your discovery when you can look back and all of a sudden you can see the big picture. How the complexity in each individual trail and story through scripture is woven together and it creates something so beautiful that you never could have imagined or ever believed that it could be just made up. See, perseverance is crucial to our journey as a follower of Jesus. If we only lean in for one hour on Sunday morning, that leaves us 167 hours in the rest of our week. What are we doing with those hours? If we only lean in for 0.6% of our time, there is no way that we can grow deeper and call that following Jesus. See, Peter and Andrew and James and John, these are the first disciples. And they followed Jesus every single day for three years straight. And it's not like when they got to the end of those three years, they're like, I have arrived. Ask me anything, I know it all. But I think we have this expectation, like, okay, if I just go through seminary, or if I complete this course, or if I complete this book, if I read through the Bible all the way through, or if I go to that Bible study, I will have arrived. I'll know it all. I kind of felt that way when we got to the first peak on the top of Heart Mountain. And I looked out, and I saw this, I saw this whole other peak ahead of us. And I had this thought, knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. This is important. I want to say this again. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. See, we need to learn. We need to know. We need to lean in and understand Scripture and what God's plan is for his people. But we can get stuck right here. We can get scared, and maybe we're too scared to take the next step, make our way to the next peak, and we turn around and we bail. But following Jesus is more than just head knowledge. It's also about relationship. So what does a relationship with God look like? I think it starts with acknowledgement. We have to acknowledge who Jesus is in our life, what he has done on our behalf. What kind of relationship does God want with us? And what kind of relationship do we want with him? I mean, imagine this. You're at your job and you refuse to acknowledge that you have a boss. So this guy just keeps laying on stuff on top of your desk for you to do. And you're like, who is this person who keeps telling me what to do? And, and I would imagine that that relationship wouldn't go very far. I would imagine you wouldn't have a job for very long. See, you have to acknowledge who that person is in your life so that you can have a relationship. 
And when we acknowledge who Jesus is, the sacrifices he's made on our behalf, then we can start to have a beautiful relationship with God. Our relationship grows deeper in prayer. So prayer is not just a checklist. It's not like, okay, I've got my five minutes in, I'm good for the day. No, it's a constant daily conversation with our creator. And I know some of you in here are like, listen, I don't know how to pray. You know what? You don't have to know anything. It's just a conversation. We have conversations every single day. So what are we so scared of? I started to take my phone and find a quiet place, and I would open up Evernote, and I would start to write down and make a list of 10 to 25 things that I'm grateful for. And then I would just pray over these things in gratitude. Thank you, God, for blessing me with this. And after I would begin praying through those things, I would start opening up and typing out my heart. And this is what's going on in the world, and this is what's going on in our church, and God, will you be here in this moment and for this? And sometimes it's like three pages long, and sometimes it's just a paragraph. But you know what? We have to start somewhere. We can't talk ourselves out of something just because we don't think we know enough or how to do something. It's just a conversation. We grow deeper in our relationship when we talk to God. I think our relationship grows deeper when we're still and we listen to the Holy Spirit move in our life. It also grows deeper through worship music. See, music is poetry. Worship music is prayer poetry written to praise and glorify God. So when we sing songs like, Cause our God is great, greatly to be praised, or I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. We're proclaiming who God is and embracing this relationship with him through worship. So listen, if you come on Sunday for your one hour a week, but then you skip the first 15 minutes because maybe the kids wouldn't get out of bed on time. Maybe you wouldn't get out of bed on time. Maybe you had an argument on the way here and you made it, but you're not really here. You're checked out. But maybe you missed the first 15 minutes. You're missing the relationship component of the service. You're showing up for knowledge, not relationship. The disciples realized they were missing this relationship component with God. So I want to read in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. The scripture says this, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Then he gives us what we now know as the Lord's prayer. He says, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you said to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from the bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll give up and he'll give you whatever you need because of shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. 
Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. To everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. I think we can read these scriptures and we start to think that God is like a gumball machine. Like I'm just going to keep him in my pocket and I'm going to insert a prayer whenever I need him and he's going to give me what I want, when I want it, when I need it the most. But can I tell you that God doesn't work like that. You're not his boss. He's not your genie. He wants a relationship with you. And when we ask with our whole heart, when we grow deeper in a richer relationship with him, he is right there with us. So back to our hike. As we were walking and hiking, I was praying. And I knew this was going to be a long journey, but I had a sinking feeling. It wasn't even close to being over. And so I was asking God for strength to get me through this hike and patience with my husband for taking me on the hike in the first place. And, and as we were walking, you know what God gave me? Humility. Because like four people passed us on the way up. But they didn't just pass us. They like roadrunnered our butts. And this one guy, he's walking. He's like, great night for a hike, right, guys? And I'm like, it's nighttime? How long have we been at this thing? But then we got to the peak of the second mountain, the second top, the second peak. And I felt like I had conquered the world. Come on. And I had told you that each peak represents an aspect of following Jesus. The first one is knowledge, learning about God. The second one is relationship, knowing God. The third one is action. And this is where we can get stuck sometimes. See, we learn about Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, and then we start a relationship with him, and then we circle back. Like, I can't put this into practice until I know enough, or I'm good enough, or when I, can't, I can't put this into practice until I have enough to give. But when we tell ourselves this, we miss out on the joy and the purpose that God has to offer us. So after I felt like I had conquered the world, I looked over and I saw a whole other peak to conquer. And it was like I heard this whisper, are you going to keep going? And see, if I had tackled knowledge and I grew in my relationship, why would I turn back now? Applying what we learn doesn't have to be near as complicated as we make it out to be. I mean, there are opportunities around every corner. So what is action in following Jesus? Before I tell you, I want to tell you what it's not. It's not just doing good deeds. It's not just paying it forward. That's a lovely thing, and I think we should do that, and I think that can be a result of a relationship with Jesus. But when I'm talking about following Jesus through action, I'm talking about carrying the torch, being his apprentice, being his disciple. And when we do that, we are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are, we are carrying it forward. And so our action should be a result of sharing the gospel. So what are different ways that we can do that? I think one of them is right here at Connect Church and it's serving on the dream team. And every single position on the dream team points right to the same direction. It is all about Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. This is why we're here today. This is why we serve. From the people who are opening the front doors and they're smiling, they're saying, I'm so glad you're here. 
You look beautiful today. They're letting you know that they are happy that you are here. They are, they are making a warm and welcoming, inviting place. And then the people who are serving coffee. You know, we give out coffee because we know that people who have something to hold in their hand feel a little bit more comfortable and a barrier is broken down. So it's easier to talk about something that's a little bit more difficult in our life if we have something to hold on to. Every single position matters. Like even the people who are teaching your children right now that God loves them so that you can sit in here distraction-free so that I can tell you God loves you. Every single position is pointing to the same direction, Jesus. I think you also grow in your action when you lead a connect group or you invite people to church or you give financially in the way that God has blessed you. And listen, when I say give, I don't mean give to the children's hospital. And that's a beautiful thing. Keep giving to the children's hospital. But when I say give, how are you giving to further the gospel of Jesus Christ? You do that through your local church so that they can be planted, so that they can spread the gospel throughout your city, so that they can let people know, hey, Connect Church loves you. Hey, Jesus loves you. So they can send out missionaries and spread spread the gospel worldwide so they can plant churches nationwide. That's why we give. We give so we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can also go on mission trips so we can be the ones that go across the world and share the gospel. And also we have an opportunity coming up in two weeks. We're calling it Serve Day. And this is where churches worldwide are partnering together all on the same day, July 13th. It's a Saturday, and we're all getting together because we're serving our cities. And we have opportunities for you. Our team leads an amazing roster together of 10 different opportunities. Things like for families, we're just giving away free lemonade. And when we do this at a local park, we're handing them lemonade. Say, here's a free glass. Connect Church loves you. Or we're going to a stampede barbecue with characters and balloons. We hand out that balloon. Hey, welcome. Connect Church loves you. Take a picture with Pikachu. Or, or we're, going, we're going to a nursing home and we're singing hymns and songs and just making people have a better day. It's all being the hands and feet of Jesus. And here's the opportunity right in front of you. So you can sign up on the website or you can go out front in the lobby. Today you can sign up. But sign up and make a difference because God calls us to action. Action is something God calls us to and is a huge part of following Jesus. I want to read in John 21, 15 through 18. It says this. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went where you wanted to go. But when you're old, you stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would glorify God in. Then Jesus told him, follow me. When Jesus says, follow me, he means to carry the torch. 
to be the Talmud, to be the apprentice, to be the disciple. And see, when Jesus had ascended to heaven and he left his disciples, those disciples decided to carry that torch. And because of it, they changed the world. Quite literally, the world as we know it today would not be the same if it wasn't for Peter and Andrew and James and John who carried that torch, who became the apprentice, who learned what to do. And then they walked in faith and they spread the gospel worldwide. Literally, Canada as a country today would not be the same if these guys had not carried the torch. And you know what? God offers us the same exact opportunity. When Daniel and I descended down Heart Mountain, we came across three men who were carrying up mountain bikes on their back. I was like, are you serious? I mean, they just like carried him up on their back straight up this sketchy terrain. And then they turned around and came right back down. Like, this is crazy. It was really frustrating to me because it was a heavy day. Do you ever get frustrated at seeing others walk with Jesus and think that they're better at it than you are? Or maybe they must know something that you don't or they can handle more than you can. If that's your thought today, let me tell you something. What people can carry is different. Every single person's trail is different. What people do and what people can give is different. Following Jesus is not about accomplishing. It's about the journey. So what if we never arrive? What if we never know it all? What if we never understand it completely? What if we live by faith? What if it's not about finishing, but it's always a loop of learning about God, walking in Christ, living it out. Learning about God, walking with Christ, living it out. Learning about God, walking with Christ, living it out. See, I've never met anyone who has this completely balanced in their life. Each one of us needs to focus on one of these things. And maybe you're sitting here like, okay, I've got this one down pretty well, but that one I definitely need to focus on. The first step is acknowledging it within yourself. The next step is proclaiming it. And I'm gonna give you that opportunity here in a minute. But listen, there is no judgment in this room. I'm not judging you. You're not judging me. We're a church and we're here to support each other and build each other up. That's the whole point of this thing. So I want you to own it today. I want you to lift up a hand if you say it's knowledge. Today, I need to focus on knowledge. I need to dive deeper. Lift it up if that's you. I need to focus on knowledge. I need to dive more into the scripture. I need to lean in more. I need to learn more. Thank you, you can put it down. Now lift it up if it's relationship. I need to pray more. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit more. I need to lean in more in this relationship. All right, you can put it down. Lift it up if it's action. I need to live out what God has called me to on a daily basis. I need to lean into the opportunity and the doors that God opens for me. All right, and maybe you're like, it's all three. It's like a roller coaster, we're gonna lift You guys are awesome. And if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity today. So we're all gonna bow our heads and close our eyes. And as a church, we're gonna say this prayer out loud together. It's not just this quiet thing that happens in our heart. This is a declaration. So I want you to say it out loud and declare it. 
But church, we're all gonna say it together because we're not gonna single anybody out. So say it with me. Thank you, Lord, that you know me, that you love me, and that you extended your grace to me. Today I turn from my own ways and I follow you. Amen. Let's give it up for all the people who said that for the first time today. Church, it's about the journey. It's not about the accomplishment. And we grow deeper together. Thank you, guys.